Thank you for listening to the Weekly Market Outlook. It is our pleasure to bring an industry-leading market analyst to provide you with the most value possible in your farm business. Please reach out anytime by emailing cbaron at agviewsolutions.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the AgView Pitch, and we are heading into another new marketing week. After the volatility last week, it'll be interesting to have a conversation kind of in review of last week a bit, and then we'll get into some things to watch for in this new week. So today we have with us Chris Wilson at Babbler. How's it going? Good, Chris. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, you bet. So uh, thought we'd have you back and uh, and uh, first maybe start out kind of looking back at last week briefly here. Um, that first day we saw a lot of pressure on the corn market coincidentally was about the same day there was a bridge closing and it slowed a bunch of barges down and stuff was there any correlation there were there some other things driving the corn market or any ideas there on on what created a lot of volatility last week so i think there yeah i mean this certainly had an impact i think it was a a knock-on effect um we had uh a relatively quiet start to the week, and then um, the the Wazi report on Wednesday there, uh, and and then the 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 bridge closing. So it you know at first it seemed like it was maybe not too big of a an event, um, but as the market started to liquidate, especially on the corn side. Uh, that became more of a story as well. And we saw, we saw in many ways, we saw new crop take the lead lower. Um, and then old crop, especially here, uh, especially the end of the day on Thursday. And then, you know, we had that bounce on the overnight uh, into the morning trade and then sold off pretty hard. And, and that, a lot of that was, seemed to be driven more on the old crop side and and maybe just some concerns of weakening basis, especially on that river market. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty strong correlation there. We also had the informal report that came out and posted a 96 million acre number on corn, um, which would be a huge number if that if that were if that were anywhere in near accurate. So let's touch on that acre thing for a minute and get your two cents from from what both you're hearing from clients and what you're seeing and hearing I mean do do we get to that acre number that would be huge yeah 96 million seems like a a stretch um you know I think we do have to walk back to pre-report in March when when the trade was expecting a number closer to 19 after 93 million, um, and then on top of that, we've had conditions that that certainly allowed for plenty of planning progress to take place and a market that's gone up. Uh, you know, at one point it was up a dollar seventy from that March report. Um, so you combine those two things, and it's not—it's not crazy to think that we would add two or three million acres. In fact, if, you know, in our area, driving around the countryside, I'm seeing a lot of sod ground that's gotten tore up in the last couple of weeks, and presumably going into corn. Um, so 
that could be I've seen pasture ground, I've seen a uh, fair amount of, of alpha sand um, going into corn. So, you know, you may be finding some acres there. Uh, we are definitely in an area that has more of that, so it's maybe disproportionate, but we are I'm definitely seeing activity that, that I think probably is adding corn acres to that overall number. 96 million, that's a big number, but I can certainly see in, you know, somewhere between that, that 92 to 90, 96 or so 94, 95 wouldn't be completely out of question. Mm-hmm. One, in my mind, one thing, you know, kind of tied to acres, you, you look at where we closed last week and look at that corn bean ratio shift um, quite a bit, actually. And it's almost looking like, you know, do we change over here and soybeans maybe you're going to be responsible for taking the lead um, and maybe being a driver here moving forward? Or do you think corn still stays strong? You know, because the bean, the bean story is probably a big story that hasn't received you know, as much, as many accolades on the market as corn has along the way so far. And so it just, it makes me question, um, what could that mean for soybeans? If we throw a bunch more acres onto the corn, it's got to come from something, right? So, um, it's probably going to come at the expense of soybeans to a degree or what's your thought there? Yeah, I think, I feel like it's, it's pretty late in the game to be, you know, stealing acres from corn, beans, beans to corn. Um, so I, I feel like I feel like it's happened. So uh, you know, on balance sheet, if 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 there was going to be a shift, it, it certainly played out. It's going to be tough. You know, if we if we did add, let's say, three million acres to the corn balance sheet, and we get to ninety four and a half, you know, I think we'd probably only lose a million acres of soybeans in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, we may not lose any, uh, but I think you're going to gain the corn acres mostly from, from additional, uh, additional overall acres, which mm-hmm. you know, that certainly is, is more bearish overall. Now, if you look at where this kind of where that corn bean ratio has gone, um, hadn't been in and through that, that planning report in March, we were we were definitely probably tilted more towards beans. Um, and then the report came out and, and there really was less of both than expected. Um, but more, you know, less of, uh, less of beans in many way out of that report because there's a lot of talks of the 90 million acre bean number and we, we weren't anywhere near that. But yet corn took the lead off of it. So it sometimes it's not, the fundamentals don't always line up with what intuitively you think on, on the price signals. So it's right. a little bit bizarre. Now we've taken corn made that huge, huge run. Um, it took a while for beans to get going. I mean, beans, beans have lagged, lagged, lagged. And now with corn getting, getting beat up real bad here in the last, really the last four or five trading sessions. Um, and beans really haven't, fall nearly as much you know they've, they've held their ground extremely well and and pulled that ratio back towards beans quite a bit so what are some um of, well go ahead 
No, you go ahead. Well, well, so what I guess I'm wondering is, you know, we saw a pretty good setback on the corn. You know, what's it take? Uh, what are some of the, the things out there that your guys are watching to see? I mean, can we get back to those levels? Can we break through those highs? Um, what's it going to take? Yeah, I, I think that we're definitely early enough in the season. I think I look at what happened here in the last week as being very much a liquidity event. And we certainly have had a couple of fundamental variables, but um, the fact is, is that we've got a record long back position in corn. Um, and that, that has, that is a culmination of, of, futures and options spec positions in, in, a, in a significantly record position on the option side, which creates what's called a, a lot of gamma in the market. Uh-huh. So as the market moves, it, that, 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 uh, that transitions into faster and faster speeds of the market. So if the market starts trending lower, um, it can accelerate on itself until it, it sort of runs through its fruition. And, and we've seen that here in the last few trading sessions where, um, it, you know, those, those down moves, even within the tick charts, are very violent um, as we move through different strikes. And all of that, to me, uh, points to a more of a liquidity problem and more of a liquidity, short-term liquidity challenge than it is anything fundamental that has changed in the market and fundamentally we still have a you know we still have a tight balance sheet now i would also argue that the run up that we've seen in corn um from from 550 to 640 was also fairly um spec driven um so they they gave they took away on corn it 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 kind of it it was kind of gone through that fruition and I've been looking back and digging around and I've had a tough time finding historically events where we within basically a four week window where we've had such a strong move up and down in the same period. I mean, I look back, I just curious and um, I look back to last time we talked and the market was 530 on, on these corn. Well, we took that market to over 640 and I've now brought it back down almost a dollar down towards 540, um, all within a, a four-week period. Um, and historically, there's uh, not a ton of precedent for um, markets to now rally back up a dollar. Um, it happened in 2011, um, where we had a similar hard sell-off into um, into the spring, and then um, we did rally rally back out of that that year, um, back up towards where we had been previously, and, and then made new highs. So I think I think this situation certainly has all the ingredients for that to happen. I think that you know the liquidity sell-off can run its course. Um, but on the flip side, there's definitely been some psychological damage done to corn, and and we're going to need some stronger, you know, fundamental reports to kind of turn around. And um, 
we just happened to catch a week where we we got two or three things that were that were more bearish for for first time in a long time um and the barge thing it does look like that's been you know they have reopened that so it as of i believe yesterday they are starting to move through um barges underneath that bridge um but there is a pretty good log in there you know there's estimates of 700 plus barges backed up oh, um and three or four of those are reported to be corn um so it you know the there's maybe a little bit to work through there, uh, but you look at the kind of the outlook in, on some of the, the core fundamentals for summer markets, um, and you know there's still plenty of weather premium that's warranted to be in the market, and that to me I think should be a stabilizer here as we look look into the next few weeks. This is Alyssa with the AgView Solutions team. Here at AgView Solutions, we work with farms and ag businesses all across the country on cost of production, business decision-making, collaboration opportunities, farm and ag business structuring, and transition planning. We work with operations of all sizes to help you with the important decisions that need to be made in your business. If you have questions or would like to learn more about how we can help your farm and business, please email us at cbaron at agviewsolutions.com. And thank you for listening. Um, what, uh, as far as, you know, re- it, so you talked about a dollar decline in corn, um, and we've seen movement with the beans, but, you know, relative to corn, that's a pretty big, that's a huge, uh, shift. One question I have and, and what it kind of seems like is with inflation and with the amount of money that's there is it likely that we could see some more new money from the funds pour into the corn market with this being maybe perceived as a buying opportunity or is that wishful thinking on my part yeah i think it's i think what you could see is is in many ways if you're an inflation hedger you are buying commodities you know plural um right and we've seen that we've seen uh, lots and lots of commodities uh, seeing strong money flows into it. The biggest winners have been uh, have been the strongest markets have seen the most money come into them. And there's a couple of different types of spec investors. There's the ones that are following the hot markets, the trends, and then there's the ones that are buying, like you said. Heads that inflation, and those ones are more going to be allocation based. So as the market mm-hmm. rubs up, they may take some of the gains from those markets and reallocate them into other markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a smaller pie than the than the trend following um, directional traders, but it certainly has has an effect. So what I think, you know, what I think you could see is is some of the some of the, those investors may be looking at this pullback in corn and saying their portfolio is a little underweight corn now. Um, you know, let's pick up some corn, let's shift some money out of, uh, out of soybeans or, uh, or hogs or other commodities that have, that have held their ground quite a bit and still have quite a bit of, of money, a long money in, in those markets. Okay. Uh, the, when you look at the 
the risks potentially out there for this to continue. You know, you talk about, again, I'll hit corn again specifically, but it's going to impact other commodities. The price pressure that we saw last week, what are some watch outs that could cause that to continue further? Or or, or do you think we're, we stabilize in, in sort of the range we're in? What What's your thought there? I mean, my biggest concern is just, the momentum in the market and, and coming back to that point earlier about, about different option strikes, uh, that have, you know, large open interest and the potential, you know, potential for, for basically liquidity squeezes to continue, um, that, that can do permanent damage within a market. And I, I, you know, I think the 540 level, you know, this 540, 550 level on the profits is fairly significant i I really don't want to see too much further slide here um it so i I think that we do have a critical week or two ahead of us um i i'm optimistic that we can you know can kind of turn this thing around and, and get a nice balance um i do think that depending on where you're at on your marketing i do think that if we do get a a balance you know, back up towards even $6 that you, you need to be active in that market. Um, just because historically it's, it's, it's more, it's, there's more historical precedent for what's called a dead cap balance where you get maybe a 50% retracement and sell off, which in this case would be about 50 cents um, before you resume a down pattern, just on a technical pattern, than there is on a full retracement and making new highs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I look back over the last 20 years is, you know, there's four or five examples of, of a market that sells off this hard and and retraces half of it and then ends up heading lower from there. Um, again, 2011 is the only case I can come up with that that we had this hard of a our comparable sell-off and ended up going back to make new highs. Um, so I, I do think that there's plenty of caution warranted on, on corn um, and, and the market. From that perspective, and you need to be active on your marketing on on corrections up. It depends what you've done. I mean, well, that's, a lot of lots of question. I was I'll just throw out there, not to interrupt you, but to throw out there, and and, and I know what a lot of farmers are sitting there thinking. Okay, what what level of sales should I be at? You know, because there it's all over the board. Just talking to our clients. I mean, we've got some guys that are hundred percent covered and we've got guys that haven't sold anything and we got a whole bunch of stuff in between. And I'd say the averages and I, and I haven't sat down and statistically done it because just haven't had time, but um, <clears throat> just looking at what I can see from our clients and from our perspective, it looks like probably, you know, 45 to 50% is going to hit a pretty average number for a lot of um, for sales for both corn and soybeans. And I'd say they're pretty similar in sales, both crops. Um, is that a comfort level or does it, you know, or, or what you're saying, it sounds like if we did are having a dead cat, cat bounce, like you say, or, you know, as some people always say, you know, a bull market has to be fed. There's got to be some new news or something that's going to continue to drive it up. If we get a little bit of up and we take advantage of that in, in this coming week or weeks, um, what level of sales makes you comfortable if you're, you know, from a farmer's perspective. Yep. Um, 
So I would say, you know, our customers are probably in about that half sold of what they want to sell, you know, what they would normally sell for new crops. Um, and we, you know, we've been making sales pretty much every 50 cents, 485, 30, 580, and 630 have been the four main areas that, that sales have been targeted at. If you take the average on those four levels, it's about a 555 level. Um, so that, that, you know, it's not too far away from marking on those sales. You're maybe just a little bit ahead of it now. Uh, on, on those sales, we've been reowning. So that's been our playbook. We've been spending, you know, about 5% of the, the sale price on a, on a call premium, typically in those July and August short dated calls. Um, and then we, we were able to roll up some of those first calls that we bought. So a lot of $5 and uh, five to five twenty calls got rolled up to $6, uh, to take out some, some equity uh, on the run up. Um, so that's how we've been managing the volatility and opportunities with a lot of our customers. And so if you're in that position, I think that, you know, you've got the luxury of, of being patient and looking for uh, a bounce up. If you've made, if you've been lucky enough to make some sales and not reown it, I would, I would be advising to reown on this pullback um, to where we're at right now is a good area to, to be reowning bushels that were sold, especially at higher levels. Um, that's on, on the corn side. Uh, beans are, Beans are similar. Um, there's there's maybe a little bit more of a mix of strategies on beans. I've been maybe a little bit more comfortable on beans uh, uh, using collars and, and uh, or fence strategies where you buy a put, sell a call um, at these levels. And you know, typically still giving yourself plenty of room off outside. And I, I do like that strategy even even now, I mean, we haven't seen nearly the pullback on beans. There's good value there still. So I think that if you're going to be focusing on, on marketing right now, I, I would definitely be leaning towards the bean side. Um, and if you're maybe a little bit behind where you want to be, uh, you know, the bean area would be a good area to get, get current on what your marketing plan is. Um, and then as far as, you know, what we're looking for, you know, if you get, if you get a bounce up towards that 585, 590 on corn, um, and you're not where you want to be, I mean, that's, that's definitely an area to, to start getting caught up on corn. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I'm very biased to, to the sell and reown strategy that, you know, I think that that, that is one that lets you get a really effective price you know, know your price and, um, and let you sleep at night knowing that you've got all the upside from a certain level. Mm-hmm. And that's been a really effective tool. Um, appreciate that. Uh, last question here. I, I've got a lot of, um, people, um, just throwing the question out there on 22 sales. Um, probably not as much with the settle back here now and was just kind of looking, um, we closed out last week on corn, these corn in that 473. And I know we were well over five bucks at 520 range or something. Some people were yep. 
were a little bit more intense about maybe making a 5% sale, you know, um, and just get started there. What's your thought? I mean, we get back to that level and if some, if people haven't done anything in there, does it make sense maybe to plug just a little bit in there on that 22 in your opinion? I mean, that's, that's for a whole nother topic. I need to do a whole nother podcast on cost production side of things there, but just from a, just from a pure marketing standpoint, what's your thought there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the the 22 market and 23 probably surprised me as much as anything to see the significance of the pullbacks in those markets. And, and again, that drives towards that liquidity argument that it feels much more like a liquidity event than a fundamental change. Um, I do think, you know, anything over $5 out there, it's a good area to be active uh, and, you know, uh, doing probably picking, targeting those, that first sale being 10% of what you would like to market. And, and again, that's different for everybody. Somebody, some producers are willing to go to hundred percent sales. Some are willing to go to their shop insurance at 80 or 85%. Um, so take 10% of that number and, and, and go ahead and make a sale out there at that, you know, that $5 plus level. Mm-hmm. Um, even with, you know, your cost production right now is projected to probably be up, you know, uh, just on the input, probably 50, for 50 cents a bushel is, is a reasonable number. Um, you know, it certainly depends on the situation and rotation and all that. But I, a lot of guys I talk to and work with, that seems to be, you know, the kind of expectation heading into the next year with what they're seeing on, on fertilizer prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and higher fuel costs and everything else. So I I think that $5 in the vast majority of cases should still be a you know, good profitable sale. And, and that's a good area to start. And we've also been, you know, there's also opportunities out there because there is so much time value that you can layer into some, some option strategies that are, fairly costless, but put you within a decent window. Mm-hmm. Um, an example would be buying a 480 put, uh, selling, you know, a six or six and a half dollar call and then selling about a 420 put and trying to get that done for, you know, for, for zero cost uh, on premium. Um, so that, that, that is an example out there. Uh, that if we get back up over $5, that those, those opportunities would be there mm-hmm. again. And, um, so we've got, we've, we got, you know, plenty of customers that are, they're looking at 22 market. Uh, even the 23 market, we were up, you know, knocking up towards 470, 480 on that market. And, you know, if that one happened to, to push, yeah, we have 465 on that. So that, that pulled back here now at about 440. Um, you know, if that market pushes up towards towards that that upper fours, um, that also is a market that should be on the radar. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Well, we'll we'll keep in touch, and like you said, we'll have to keep an eye on those um, multi-year potential sales, especially if we would get a real hot market here um, that carries over into those months. That we need to keep an eye on that too, and one of the things I like doing is just having some, you know, having some offers in or some, some targets 
in play so that they automatically connect um, because sometimes you got about five minutes for for an action. You know, if you want to take an action and you're yep. waiting to take the action um, on your own, a lot of times there's just not enough time and or you're busy doing 10 other things and you don't even think about it. And, and the, uh, the, the opportunity's there and gone. <laughs> and you, and so, Exactly. And I think that, that that's super important in this type of market. It, it is May 15th. I mean, historically, you know, we're just getting started on our summer weather market. Um, so there's plenty of juice out there that keeps these things moving and, and, and certainly get turned around and see some opportunities. I think the key, the key to, to bring back to your point is to have a plan, have a marketing plan and, and know what your objectives are. And then as they, you know, as they get within, you know, as we're seeing, get within 50, 60 cents on those objectives, start getting some orders in the market mm-hmm. and, and have them active. Right. Uh, so that if you get you get a couple days, I mean, it really only takes two days right now to move fifty cents in these markets like corn, um, beans. We're seeing, you know, being 60, 70 cent days. It, it it's important to have have those have that plan down and then and then you know be working with somebody that's got a good eye on if if you're not and and make sure that you stay on top of it. That's right. Well, hey, I think this was a. Good place to wrap it up. Chris, thanks a lot. And uh, Atten Babbler, and uh, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Really appreciate being on and good to talk. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can reach out. Our number is 1-800-884-8290. Or you can check us out on at attenbabbler.com. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Chris. You bet. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will obviously be back with some more crop updates this coming week. And also, if anybody has any questions or thoughts, ideas, uh, anything you'd like to see us doing more of, less of, whatever, please give us some feedback. And and, uh, have a great week. Everybody be safe out there. And we'll catch you again next time on the AgView Pitch. (laughs) 